Hey, good bitches, and welcome to this week's episode of Good Bitch. I'm Jules Rangi Heyue. And I'm Jodie Clark, and we're just two good bitches trying to live good lives. Today, we have the beautiful Denny Tarotovich, also known as Style by Denny, there in the studio. Being a GB, you've probably already stumbled across one of their stunning images on the gram, but today we'll really be getting into how Denny came to be the amazing style by Denny we know and love today. Denny, thank you Yay! for joining us. Happy. Oh my so goodness. Nice We're going to start off by letting you in on our weekend and we'll, we'll flip it. it. Have we recovered since Saturday, my love? Honestly, no. But you definitely haven't, have you? I haven't. I haven't. But you can't hold a good bitch down, you no. know? <laughs> We've got, got to get to this bag somehow, baby. So, Danny, we started at 1pm at Bottomless Brunch. Have Gorgeous. you been to a Bottomless? Yes, have I been. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Does it not fuck up your life of every time? Of course it does. Of course oh. it does. So we started at Bottomless at 1pm. And the thing that fucked us was that it was underground. Mm. So you don't know yeah, time. Yeah, no of time. And there was oh. neon lights, so we were like... Like, like we were on this like were we on a pole or no were we just screaming like we we're on a pole I think there was a stage there was a stage at bottomless we, brunch at some point we were just owning the stage twerking on the stage yeah was, I want to go to this bottomless it's brunch so fun honestly it was so fun and um we'd never tried that spot before it's a new spot mm. yeah and yeah. then we kicked on back to my house from yeah. my house we went to this random Meriton suite. Room. <laughs> room as, as soon as you end up at Meriton, you should have gone home four hours ago. Oh, my God. And then. There was three separate kick-on locations. Yeah, yeah. And then from Meriton, then we went to one of our girlfriend's house, yes. which was the final destination, but we didn't leave there until 10 a.m. Gorgeous. But the thing is, Danny, we'd never hung out with these people before. Right. And Jodes ends up blackout and I end up vomiting all over her couch. Beautiful. So I don't think yeah. the good bitches are going to be invited I don't know if that's going to be a regular so wait, thing. Let's, let's so you yeah. went to Bottomless Brunch together as a duo or you went with a bunch of people that you didn't know? No, sorry. We went for Joan's birthday. Okay. Yeah. So together but with friends. And then you just made some friends in the bathroom and you all ended up yes. in yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. You know, standard, regular stuff. Gorgeous. Yes. Um, so, Denny, my darling, how has your week been? Give us the update. Congrats on the billboard in King's oh, Cross. Yeah. Thank you. Obsessed. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, that, I went down to look at it this morning. I went. I woke up early and went for a walk, and it was very surreal because I actually used to live there. So I lived on Bayswater Road in Potts Point, or as I used to call it, Puffs Point. Yes. Um, and it's the gay, you know, it's the gay hub of Sydney. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. basically the intersection of Darlinghurst, Kings Cross, and Potts Point. And funnily enough, Potts Point actually has. It's like uh, nationally known that there's more gay people per square meter than straight people in Potts Point, so it's just like queer mecca. I mean, that, we love everyone's way mecca. more beautiful. Makes sense. Oh, the beautiful mm. people live in mm-hmm. Potts Point. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, it was really emotional actually this morning just seeing that today because I was like, wow, like this is such an intersection of the queer world in Sydney and uh, you, you know the representation. And I used to take that walk every day to work, mm. and had I seen a poster like that my life would be very different now. Um, So that was really nice. How's my week been? It's been very busy. I've Mm -hmm. been in Sydney for like 48 hours and it's, it's really nice to be back in on a plane and traveling. And I'm from Victoria Mm -hmm. and we went through a pretty hectic lockdown last year. We forget. We forget. We forget. Yeah. It was pretty insane. So, just to be back on a plane and kind mm. of working in this capacity is, you know, a, quite a privilege. And to any of your, like, international listeners, like, my heart goes out to everyone that's in London mm. and various places in the world who are still in the thick of their lockdowns, mm-hmm. Canada. So, yeah, it's um it's been really nice. Mm. I had a really nice weekend. I was actually very hungover on Sunday also. I saw on your stories mm. that's when I was like, oh, you want yeah. a bus. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it was so random. Not at all 
as kind of colourful as your weekend, but I went out for dinner with my some of my oldest friends mm-hmm. and their mothers. Mm-hmm. And their mothers, they know how to party, like, more so than probably all of us combined. It's like Christiana hey. vibes. Christiana. Yes, it's Christiana yeah. vibes. And it was also my parents' anniversary. So we went out to dinner. And it was a very kind of paper head drinks mm. uh, flowing, free mm-hmm. flowing. So, like, the drinks were free flowing. The margaritas were coming, honey. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, like, it was just a drunken evening. And, you know, when you get to a point where you're like, how did I get this drunk? And it was, like, 12.30. And I looked at my auntie and I was like, Auntie Mary, I'm going to go home because I've got a six-year-old's birthday party to go to tomorrow. And she was like, you are not leaving. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> like, bitch, I've got to go. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. And she's, like, 60. So yeah, yeah. we stand we stand that um, that friendship group. So, yeah, it was um, very fun, very hungover on Sunday. Oh. I forgot it was Anzac Day and went to go buy my niece a birthday present oh, and realised all the shops were closed. It was yes. just, yeah, so... But it was oh a nice weekend. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I have to ask with the billboards. Go. Uh, do you believe in manifestation? Was Fucking that something? I do. do you? Yeah. All about really one of us. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting, hey, because growing up, I've always had this, like, real strong sense of intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been really spiritual. I was actually raised very religious. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that higher power was framed to me as God growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. And then... It wasn't until last year in lockdown that I actually um, saw a Reiki healer just before I went into we went into lockdown, mm-hmm. and she changed my life. And then she, her name is Elise Condon. Shout out Elise. Elise by Reiki um, is her Instagram handle, or Elise Reiki in Geelong, and she's amazing. She has like a nine month waiting list. She's next oh, level. We're obsessed with I that. Yeah, say, I, I listened to your yeah. episode just about had this. Reiki. Yeah, it's yeah. life changing. Yeah. So when I met Elise, Elise does these really great. She has like this community of people that pay to basically be within like a almost like a training group it's Mm. called the practice Mm. and every month we have um like webinars with elise and we we go through the moon cycles and she's just a wealth of knowledge so it's a really it's like a gym membership but for your soul and for your spirit Mm. and it was during that time that i really started to realize just how in tune i am with that Mm. stuff and elise actually said to me like you know you're a little bit psychic right and i was like Mm. yeah a lot of psychics have said this to me in the past and i'm definitely feel like Mm. I'm vibrating on that frequency and I really started to lean into the manifesting and Mm. because it's all kind of I mean you can manifest any day but manifesting in line with the moon cycles Mm. is super powerful Mm -hmm. and yeah so I mean you know I don't necessarily think I ever manifested you will be on a billboard with the body shop but for sure I always had this desire to Mm. be the representation that I never got to see growing up so then to see that in real life is pretty epic oh my gosh it's amazing and you don't realize some of the things that you've accidentally manifested like i remember growing up in perth i used to watch before cheese tv pokemon started at 7 a.m i used to watch aerobics oz style and i thought that those women dancing in front of the opera sales were just the height of glamour for me as this little i remember that girl yeah (laughs) and then just recently i just shot a um fitness commercial in that exact same spot like you know it doesn't have to be Unfortunately, not aerobic or style, but hit me up if you are still doing anything. (laughs) I have a very similar story to that. When I was seven, six or seven, I saw the Eiffel Tower on TV Mm. and I didn't really necessarily know where that was. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what Paris was, but I just saw this Eiffel Tower and I said to my parents, I'm going to live there one day. And then when I was 18, I studied fashion in Paris and I lived Mm. in Paris. So there's something to that, just seeing those things, subliminal. It's it's almost like younger you knows before you do. Yeah. Don't you think? And Jodes always used to say, like, I want to be on the radio when she was young. Like, just little things that you go, we kind of go back to what our younger self would have wanted. 100%. I remember when I had that psychic say, no, you'll have a career 
and audio I keep seeing radio yeah, waves and we were like Ugh. and I was like <laughs> at that time I was in advertising I was like this makes no sense to mm. me and now with the podcasting it makes all the sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we do need to move on, but there is a point yeah. I've sure. written down Let's and it's go. actually very important. Great. We sure. absolutely need to get into, and this is very not a good bitch <laughs> segment at all, we need to get into Courtney Kardashian turning into a little emo scene gal. Now she's getting dicked the fuck down <laughs> by Travis Barker. And I need to discuss with you, Yeah. have you kind of changed into someone you're not when you're getting a good serve? Darling. Yeah. First, first of all, I am a Kardashian stan. Hey! So, We're also obsessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I was very team Scott. I really wanted oh, Scott and yeah. Courtney to go back together. And, but I'm really here for the whole Travis Barker thing. Oh. It's like she's like lit up and there's right? a new fire in her. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, she's getting that deep. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think to answer your question, I've, I think – Anyone would be lying if they said that you don't change don't yourself change. in relationships. Mm. Sometimes it's for the good. Mm. Like sometimes it changes evolution and it can be a really good thing. Mm. And other times it's not so mm-hmm. good. And yeah. I've definitely been on both ends of that coin. Yes. But, you know, Cause no, but I saw this thing. What did I see on TikTok once? And it was like, no dick is that good. Oh, <laughs> did you watch the Bling Empire by any chance? Oh, on I love the Bling Empire. The, okay. So there's there's this iconic quote by, I can't think of her name, but she's like the real iconic, like matriarch of that show. And she's like, no dick is that good. And it's like, yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> Listen to her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, As I was writing it. these notes, I was actually yeah. thinking, and I'm about to snitch on you hard. Oh, no. I was actually thinking about what? you. The first time, Joe, and I met you. Were, you were da- I've forgotten his darling name, but you were dating some guy, and you became a real like hiking girl for a while. There you were going on these <laughs> hikes, and then and then you started dating a uh, little baby boy, baby boy. Oh yeah, and you got yeah. into his. Um, his whole scene. His whole scene. Do you not? Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, hundred percent. I. Oh God, I am a sucker for that. Eh? Yeah. No, we were. We, we, we all, all are. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's very natural. Guilty it's very as normal. charged. Oh, yeah. oh. All right, GBs. We're gonna go to break. Make sure you rated us five stars on Apple and follow us on the gram at Good Bitch Pod. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> You're back with Main Topic. Now, today we have Denny Todorovic. They are a fashion editor, mm. celebrity stylist, creative director, content creator and host. Cracky. Denny's <laughs> a vocal activist for queer rights and human rights and pushes the narrative forward around topics of gender, sexuality, politics, race and equality. Denny, you're bloody royalty and oh. we are so grateful to have you in with us today. Thank you what so much. What a lovely intro. Oh. No, thank you for having me. That's very humbling. That's very too generous, I would say, whoever wrote that. No, I love that. <laughs> thank you. Now, my darling, we start every interview off with the same question. Mm. Denny, what's your love language? My love language is words of affirmation. Yes. I'm a wordsmith. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just really resonate with words and communication mm. a lot to me. And then secondary to that is physical touch. Mm -hmm. And in every sense, I'm quite a sexual person. Mm -hmm. I'm an Aries. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it doesn't necessarily need to equate to sex. And I think people often get confused with that. They think physical touch just means like you want a dicking. But like it it doesn't need to be that. (laughs) Just hold my hand. We we do though. (laughs) Look, ideally a bit of everything, right? Um, But interestingly, the way I 
give love yes. is different to my actual ones that I want in to receive, right? Yeah. So I give love first and foremost with words. Mm-hmm. But then my second thing is gifts, which is really bizarre because mm. gifts are my least thing for receiving. Receive. I'm like, whatever, yeah. gift schmift. But I love to give, give people things to make. And I am really, I think a lot about gifts. Like, I, I wish I could be like a personal gift shopper or something mm. because like I, I put a lot of time and effort and it doesn't have to be like expensive things. It's just like the thought, you know, when you're Thoughtful. dating someone and they're like, oh, mm. I, you know, I saw that mm. thing or, I, you know, I love that colour. And then you go, oh, guess what? I just, I remembered you and you came up, you that's know, what, that's yeah. what it is. Yes. Just remember, you know what I always say? My ideal person is someone who will just remember or just think to stop by 7-Eleven on the way home mm-hmm. and buy me a cherry wrap mm-hmm. because it's my favourite chocolate. Yeah. Well, you know? That's what we it's discuss like yeah. all the time. I keep, I'm trying to, especially where we have every when every guest that comes in that was like, gifts are boo, and they poo-poo yeah. gifts, and I'm sitting there like, oh, fuck, they don't realise that Jules that's is my love language. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that same thing. They were once thinking about me when I wasn't with them, exactly. and to me that's everything. Like, mm. Joe's yeah. got me. If she brings back my favourite pack of Tim Tams. I'm like, you're joking. So happy. You're joking. <laughs> but it, it's because yeah. it's the thought. It's, yeah. Yeah. And there's something about giving mm. to whatever capacity that's actually really selfless mm. um, because you're like, oh, I want to take three minutes out of my day to make someone else's day better. Mm. And then mm. it's like a, a really beautiful karma thing because when you give something, you get all these really great endorphins because mm. you can see the happiness. Mm-hmm. Of, so, you know, it's a bit of an exchange of energy. Thank Lovely. you. I yeah. love that answer. Yeah, yeah. beautiful answer. Now, Jules and I were actually having a really sort of interesting, Mm. in-depth little chat ahead of this interview, Mm. and we realised we were actually so shocked at how ingrained it is for us as cisgender women Mm. to say the generic and lean on the generic he or she. Mm -hmm. Denny, could you let our listeners know your own personal journey to becoming non-binary? Yeah. What age were you? What were some of those initial thoughts that really planted the seed for you? Sure. Yeah. So I guess um, firstly to break down to your audience if Mm. they're not familiar, Mm. non-binary, I'll explain what that means basically. Mm -hmm. So the gender binary is something that has existed throughout most of Western civilization. A binary system or a binary construct consists of two things, Mm -hmm. male, female. Mm -hmm. Sports could be viewed as binary because it's like Mm -hmm. one team against the other team. So to exist beyond that binary is Mm non-binary. So I don't exist as male or female. Mm -hmm. Great. Now we've got that. That was my understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gorgeous. So basically I knew from as early as three that I wasn't a boy, but I also knew that I didn't want to be a girl, but I I didn't have the language to articulate what that was. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, was a very feminine boy, let's Mm -hmm. say, growing up and and as a teenager and even, you know, as an adult. But it wasn't until about a – I've actually only been out for like 10 months as non-binary. So it was about three months before lockdown – that I met a non-binary person for the first time Mm. and I heard them speak their truth Mm. and it just stopped me in my tracks because I was like, holy, like, this is exactly how I feel Mm. and I didn't ever have the language to articulate it. Prior to that, I'd started to hear about the, even just that word, non-binary, yeah. through people like Nico Tortorella from Younger. Mm. Sam Smith came out as non-binary. That was a huge one for me. Mm. Courtney Act um, is gender fluid. Mm. So, you know, I started, it just kept creeping up on me. But it wasn't until I met the um, a non-binary person and when I heard them speak their truth, I was like, that's exactly that's how me. I feel. Just resonated mm. yeah. super deeply. It gets yeah. quite emotional, doesn't it, when you yeah. hear something like, yeah. I'm not the only one. Yeah, because sometimes you need to, well, I believe that if you can't see yourself, you can't be yourself. And mm-hmm. if you can't hear yourself, oh, it's 
love it's that. the same yeah. thing, right? So until I heard them speak, I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to Mardi Gras just before lockdown with my bestie and came out to him and I said, I think I'd like you to use they, them pronouns with, with me. I just want to mm-hmm. try them on for size. Mm-hmm. And then we went into lockdown. The whole world went into lockdown mm-hmm. and lockdown was such a blessing in that it gave me all this time to really go inward, yeah. do my research. I researched everything I read, everything I could read about the non-binary experience. And then I started to think, okay, I'm going to need to tell my parents and I live with my parents and, mm. you know, being locked down with each other mm. was quite confronting, but it was in hindsight, such a blessing because they got to see and have time to not be judged by, you know, family mm. members and other people. Mm-hmm. It was very different to me coming out as gay mm-hmm. when I was 19. Mm-hmm. So that was really beautiful. And then I guess alongside that, I was documenting that journey online mm. um, with, with my audience on Instagram, which prior to that, I was just really like a fashion stylist, mm-hmm. as you said earlier. But as I was documenting this like in real time journey, educating them as I was educating myself, I was like, ah, oh, this is how I have to use my voice because mm-hmm. we all need to learn this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how wonderful that we have a space on the internet where we can learn these mm-hmm. things together. So that's kind of been the thing. The pronouns came, the pronoun change came about three or four weeks after I came out. Mm-hmm. I was really hesitant to change my pronouns mm-hmm. because I had a whole lot of internalized toxic masculinity and transphobia even that I just couldn't really sit with. Yeah. Yeah, um, wow. But then my non-binary friend said to me, Because I said, oh, I'm not changing my pronouns. And they said, okay, but you may come back to me on that. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. And they said the first time they heard they, them used in their sentence, like in a sentence about them, it was like a light switch turned Mm -hmm. on. And that's exactly how I felt when it happened for the first time. It was just like oh, yeah, this is who I am. Yeah, and what a, what a beautiful person just to hold that space for you. Because sometimes I can get the bit between my teeth where I'm like, you're not a feminist, fuck you. Like, yeah, so what yeah. a great, what a great person. Oh, they were the best and they've helped me more than they even know. Mm. And I saw them last week for the first time since lockdown and I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, oh, you, you changed my life. Yeah. yeah. So, I hope they're listening because we love you. Yeah, yeah. shout yeah. out. Yeah, they're shout amazing. Out. Now, Denny came out as gay at yeah. the age of 19. Yeah. Um, did doing so at quite a young age sort of um, set you up for the non-binary conversation all those years later? Was it like the first hurdle? Mm. Yeah, it's funny because I think when I came out as gay, like, I never imagined I would come out twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, actually, when I came out as gay, my gender identity w- was not something I really thought about mm-hmm. too much because I never thought I would come out as gay, mm-hmm, ever. Mm-hmm. I was raised in a very religious mm-hmm. house um, and I'm, you know, Serbian and it's not the, it's not the norm. Mm. So I think coming out as gay probably prepared me in a way for sure for what a coming out process is like. But now retrospectively coming out as non-binary was far more challenging because gay is easy, you know, and I, I, sorry, and I don't mean to diminish that for anyone that's listening who's not out because, you know, your feelings are valid and it's a huge, huge thing. What I mean when I say that is that gay has been in the cultural zeitgeist, right? Yes. My parents watched like Will and Grace or the original Queer Eye mm-hmm. series. So they knew they had something to call, you know, mm-hmm. Elton John, Freddie Mercury, whatever. Non-binary is like people don't, people are only just starting to really keep their eyes and ears mm-hmm. open when it mm-hmm. comes to that. So had my parents had a reference point for non-binary, I think it may have been a little bit easier. And I actually credit Sam Smith a lot to my mum um, understanding it because my mum loves Sam Smith. Yeah, and Angel. Yeah, Angel. Angel. So literally mum was like, oh, okay. But, yeah, it was it faced a whole new set of challenges mm. coming out as non-binary. Of course. Yeah. 
Now, obviously, as we mentioned, we are cisgender women, mm-hmm. so we connect with the sex that we were born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. Just want to make sure that I'm on track there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were really curious, um, obviously, for listeners that aren't sort of as educated, educated mm. um, with pronouns, how do we express to them mm-hmm. why it's so important? Yeah, sure. And, and, and what's the easiest way for people to have that conversation and just ensure they're being as respectful as they can. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So to answer your first question, it's important. Mm. It's incredibly important Mm. because second to your name, pronouns are the second thing that we use to um, address people, Mm. whether they're in the same room as us, whether we're just talking about them. You know, it's a huge layer of identity. It's like name, title, and then pronoun, right? So it's huge. So, you know, I often say that it's like, imagine if you walk around a room and someone's just calling you the wrong name just because, you know, they don't give a fuck. They don't want to make the effort to actually know. Yeah, exactly right. Mm -hmm. It invalidates your identity. It also creates, you know, so like in the trans community, it's called misgendering. Mm. So when someone calls me he, him, they're misgendering me, Mm, which makes me feel not respected. It doesn't make me feel safe. And it's really grading on your identity because you're like, no, no, but that's not who I am. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that's why it's so important. Mm-hmm. The way that you can go about further educating yourself or, or maybe being vocal about it mm. is to just start having these conversations. It's really important for cis people. I would say it's even more important for cis people, actually, to be vocal about their pronouns. Put them in your Instagram bio. Put them in your email signature. I actually think that in a few years' time, that would just be a given that we wouldn't even think about. Yeah. Um, the first time I ever even heard about non-binary was when someone emailed me when I was working at Cosmo and they had they, them in their email signature. And I was mm. like, wow. But... When a cis person does it, it basically gives a green light that this is a safe space. I know that that's how you identify. And by you having that there as like a, you know, a marker, it makes me feel safe to say, hey, I'm Denny. My pronouns are they, them, you know? So it's it's a huge thing. And I think Mm. in the last probably 12 months, we've seen these massive social movements and and people really start to listen to Black Lives Matter, Stop Mm -hmm. Asian Hate, you know, various things. And the trans dialogue is is really, really important. And if you look at the suicide rates of the trans community, they are 11 Mm -hmm. times more likely Mm -hmm. to commit suicide than Mm -hmm. their cis, you know, counterparts. So we need to make trans people feel safe. Mm -hmm. And cis people being allies to the trans community is a huge thing because you're the majority, hate to tell you. So, you know, it's like we all all show up for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So important to to us. We'll have to get onto that and change it. That's why I want to ask the question because I just want to be that person, you know? And that that means so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My darling, you're really paving the way. It kind of feels on your own. Do you have a mentor or someone you look up to? Wow, Yeah. I do. I have a few, actually. In terms of, you know, someone that I look up to in the non-binary space, mm-hmm. there's a really beautiful artist, poet, writer, content creator, model, Alok Menon is, mm-hmm. is there. See, mm-hmm. I, I do it all the time. I stuff up pronouns all the time. Alok's Instagram is Alok, A-L-O-K-V-M-E-N-O-N. So Alok was actually Sam Smith's mentor and, mm-hmm. and helped Sam come out. Mm-hmm. And Alok is just like the pioneer of sort of my right. community and I adore them. Mm-hmm. So Alok is a huge one. And um, on a more personal day-to-day level my manager Prue Corrigan Mm -hmm. is like I call her my right hand now and she's just such an incredible person to bounce ideas off and she's like my family Mm -hmm. at this point Mm -hmm. so she's huge for me and then I guess the third person is my mama like yeah my mama is um she's my best friend Mm -hmm. she's the most strong woman I know her love knows no bounds and our relationship is just yeah 
I couldn't live without her. You, you can, can see feel that on your that. Insta. You yeah. can feel you that energy. Yeah. I love dad too. Hi yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's something mama. very special about mama. Yeah. yeah. Now, like Jules, you know, we know you love fashion. I sure do. Right? And you describe your personal style as eclectic. Yeah. When did you first realise you wanted to work in the fashion industry? Mm. So I never realised that fashion could be a job, which seems strange because I actually was raised by dressmakers. I've got three cousins who Mm. are all sisters and they were dressmakers. Mm. So as a kid, I would be in their little, like, studio and they would be sewing. So I I knew that was their job. But I was like, oh, it's a fantasy. It was on telly, you know. It was like the bold and the beautiful or fashion TV. Like, that's not a job. (laughs) <laughs> it was, no. It's a fantasy. It's a fantasy, exactly. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I was about 13 and I started to really, like, do some research. And I saw a documentary on SBS about um, John Galliano, who's one of my favourite fashion designers. Yeah. And when I watched that documentary, I was like, oh, my God, people actually get paid to work in fashion and they get paid pretty well. And <laughs> yeah. they, um, they are celebrated for their creativity mm. and their weirdness. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I want in. Yeah. So it was at that point that I started to really go ham and do, like, all the research. And I, was, I didn't have a great high school experience. So I was in the mm. library a lot or in, like, the sewing room a lot. And um, when I was about 17 – oh, sorry – earlier, I was 15, we have this thing in Victoria where you can do a course while you're at high school at TAFE. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's called VET in Victoria. Mm -hmm. So I got the VET class list and there was hairdressing and clothing design. So I applied for both Mm -hmm. because I also love, like, hair and makeup. Mm. Yeah. And I didn't get into hair, but I got into the clothing design one. So it was just one of those things. Yeah, the universe knew. And that's when I was like, okay. So then, yeah, by the time I graduated high school, I was like, I'm going to be a fashion designer. But that's obviously not where my career is taking me. But that's Mm. when I knew that I wanted to work in fashion. I was, like, going to dedicate my life to that. All right, Danny, Amazing. we're going to take it down a little tea. We're, we're going to start it. with the tea. Let's yeah. start with the now, tea. Now, we've both interned at Fashion Mag, so I know that there's a lot of tea there. <laughs> Is there someone who disappointed you slightly? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I I know there's someone you've yeah. just thought of immediately. Yeah, there is, because you can probably see it in my face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I had my, you know, f- like fairy tale dream of the magazine internship that everyone wants mm-hmm. at Vogue, at British Vogue, no less. Amazing. So when I was living in London and working in PR and marketing, I was like, I really want to work in mags. So my director of my marketing agency was like, go start interning in magazines. So I did a few, but obviously Vogue was always the dream. Mm-hmm. And I was at a fashion show in London and was standing next to the editor of British Vogue at the time, mm-hmm. Alexandra Schulman, and I just introduced herself myself to her rather mm-hmm. and said, you know, I want to, I want to work there. And she said, email me your CV. Anyway, so I did. And I interned there for six weeks and it was the most incredible internship. I've never learned as much as I learned wow. in that six weeks, but there was one woman mm-hmm. and she worked on the features team and she was a writer and she was just like, cause sadly she lived up to that stereotype that that devil wears Prada mean stereotype. Yeah. And she's the only person in my sort of uh, seven or eight years of working in magazines in various ways Mm. that was like, actually just not a nice yeah. human yeah. and I will just never forget that it's you weird as soon as do. you said that I thought of her straight yeah. away and I just remember her like just being so miserable mm. and rude yeah. to people and yeah that wasn't very yeah. nice even when I was picking up everyone's rubbish and which is you're so happy to do because totally. all you want to do is be in that environment yeah. I will always always remember the people who were nice to me exactly yeah. and, just, and the rule is like you need to be nice to everyone mm-hmm. when I worked at Cosmopolitan in Sydney 
with, I think I was not the fashion director, but I was like, you know, mm. relatively mid senior vibes. I had an intern who was gorgeous, mm. this gorgeous intern. She's now my editor in Geelong. Wow. Like you just you never, never know. fucking know. So be nice to everyone, whether they're the cleaner or the editor, yeah. like be nice yeah. to everyone. Well, yeah. they might have a podcast and call you the fuck out every exactly week. Exactly <laughs> right. I've had some great experiences exactly right. too. Mm. Now, obviously we follow you. We and we tuned in last night when you're doing a fabulous IG live with Melissa Leong. Yeah, we love Mel. Such a boss bitch, an absolute queen. Mm. We want to know who was a celebrity that has shocked you, but on the on the flip side, Mm. by actually being a fucking good bitch. Mm. Like maybe even someone that people wouldn't expect. Yeah, Yeah. right. And you're like, actually, actually, they're amazing. Yeah, right. I mean, it's interesting because. You know, our views of celebrities are quite unrealistic, right? I'm, you know, I'm so gay at heart. You know, like I I probably identify more as queer these days, but like Mm. really I'm just like a gay at heart and I love my divas. Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. my Kylie Minogue's. I love my Delta (laughs) Goodrums, like Britney Spears, whatever. So like, you know, I've met and worked, I mean, I say worked with, (laughs) I planned this event for Kylie Minogue. That was actually my first job in PR, but I met her for like five minutes and she was like, you know, super sweet, but I never thought she wasn't going to be. Yeah. I will say this. Okay. I'm going to say. Here we go. I'm going to say. I want some justice for my girl Delta because Delts gets a really bad rap. Such what a bad rap. Because okay. I love her. I think okay. it's tall poppy or something. So, of course it's tall poppy. Mm. Can I just tell you, Delta Goodrum is the sweetest soul. Mm. The first time I met her was on a Cosmo cover shoot. Mm. I was so fucking starstruck. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, it's Delta Goodrum. Yeah. Yeah. And I walk in and I, um, you know, it was we shot in this beautiful house and I was like, before we start, I know I'm here to be professional, but before I put my hat, like my work mm. hat on, I just adore you and, you know, I've watched you since the second you were on Neighbours and I just think you're exceptional and so talented. And she was so kind, so soft, so gentle, so just like just gorgeous. And I've met her various times and I've worked with her, you know, various times since then and she's a fucking legend. She remembers your name. She remembers your face. And not that that's like, you know, here's a medal for that. But, like, can you imagine how many people Mm -hmm. those, you know, someone of that calibre meets on a daily basis and... Just nothing but humble, nothing but generous, nothing but kind. And I always am just like, don't be so hard on her just because she's dancing on The Voice. Like, she's just living her best life. So, justice for Delta. She's amazing. No Delta disrespect will be tolerated here at Absolutely not. Okay, you can miss us with that shit. She's a queen. Okay, bitch. Being a GB, you'll know that we're now we want the grit. Let's do it. Let's go. So, dating stories. Most hilarious, most cringe. Just give us the most... Tragic, hot, whatever you want to share. Sure. Can I? I'll give you like a good and a bad one. Sure. Go off. So I was thinking about this the other day, and I don't like. I've actually been really lucky when it comes to dating. Like pretty, pretty lucky. But I went on a date where basically it was my first grinder date coming back to Geelong after having lived in Sydney for like Mm -hmm. six years. And, you know, it's slim pickings down mm-hmm. there. So, very Geelong. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a pretty small pool of, of men mostly. And once you've gone through them, you've gone through yeah. them all. Yeah. Okay, cute. So, anyway, log on. There's this really hot guy. I have a type. He was Ooh. very much my type. Tell us. Tell What's, us. What is We're your type? I mean, okay, so my type has really changed now, but... But generally speaking, I'm so basic. I just love me like, you know, a bit of a rough around the edges, boy oh. next door. I 
love the white boys. I don't yes, know why, so but you know, as, as a person of color, it's me. Me and my therapist have spoken about this. And there's, yes, there's actually a really that. deep reason as to why yeah. I generally date white men. We won't get into that now. But anyway, so you know, like I love a David Beckham type. I love a Bradley Cooper type. But like, throw in some tattoos. Like, oh I wanted to be like, you know, a like rustic. Double me, swell and we drip. <laughs> okay, so. That's painting a picture. So basically yeah. this guy looked like Macklemore meets, I don't know, Eminem. Sounds great. It. Gorgeous. Wood hit. With like, with, yeah, wood hit yeah. with hair cute. <laughs> anyway, so I get to his house and he's like, I'm going to cook you dinner. And I was like, great. So I get there. He was sloshed. So he'd obviously okay. had like a, a bottle of wine before I had yeah, arrived. Yeah. I was like, okay. cute. Okay. You're like, can we still do this? Yeah. Then <laughs> proceeded to sit me down and was like, so listen, we need to have a chat. I was like, okay. He's like, oh, I've looked over your Instagram and the way you dress, like, come on. Geelong doesn't need more reason to hate gay people. Like, that needs to stop. Like, look at the climate we live in, honey. Like, Donald Trump's the president. And I was like, excuse me, so you've just come here to cook me dinner and tell me that I need to, like, tone shit down. But then we're going to do this debate. And then as we were debating, it was weirdly hot. (laughs) So it was so weird because I was like, I don't know whether I want to slap you in the face right now or suck your dick. Like, I'm not quite sure, right? Like... It's going to be one or the two. So we just kept, like, sparring. We were just yeah. sparring, yeah, yeah, sparring, yeah. sparring. And then he just kind of, like, pinned me to the couch and, like, not in an assaulty way. Like, he yeah, was just yeah. being, you know, like, oh. it wasn't, like, it was it was consensual. Yes. We were definitely flirting with each other. Spicy. Um, it was spicy. And he kind of pinned me to the couch and was, like, starting to get a bit handsy. And I was like, okay, yep, this is fun, sort <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah. Is it? Not quite sure. Is this abuse? <laughs> not quite sure. Anyway, but then he kind of took a step back and went to, like, pull his pants down. And I was like, do you know what? No. And he's yeah. like, it's really big. And I was like, I don't care how fucking big it is. <laughs> You've ju- I, it just had dawned on me what had just what happened. Had, yeah, you know, like I was a bit said. drunk at this point as well. And mm. I was like, you've just had it. Like, you've just abused me verbally for the yeah. last hour and a half. I'm leaving, sis. So I got in the Uber and I left. Wow. Fuck your classy. And then it's I saw giving- him a year later. Oh, the st- oh. There's a good story oh, it, to it, this. It continues. Hello. Wow. Why do I suddenly want to spill like my <laughs> So I saw him a year later at a New Year's Eve party and he was like, I owe you an apology. And I was like, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I could not tolerate how like um, comfortable you were mm-hmm. in your own skin. Mm-hmm. And I, I attacked you for it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I've seen what you've done in our community over the last year and you should be so incredibly proud of yourself. And I was like, oh, thanks, darling. Mm-hmm. And then we went to the toilet and I was like, so then I was like, I'm going to play a little game here. I was so mean. <laughs> I was like, you you look really hot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to the toilet. So then we get back to the toilet and we're like smooching, whatever. And then he's like, I'm like, mm, pull your pants down. And yeah. he's like, mm, okay, pulls his pants down. And then I was like, bye. Ah, Happy no, New was Year. It, was it huge? It was. <laughs> But I was like, no, 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 so no. Classy. I was like, if you're going to be mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you straight back. Wow. Wow. This that. is group therapy. I've never told that story out there. What so, do you mean? <laughs> it's fucking naughty. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I love it. Yeah. Obsessed. But I've had great dates as well. Like, oh, I have this still to this day. I think my best first date was a date in London. And I'm still very good friends with G. Hey, G, if you're listening. It was just couldn't have been more perfect. Like, mm. the restaurant choice was perfect. That Like, he, he planned this bar afterwards. Then it, and it was like a 24-hour date. Mm. Then we went back to his house. We didn't sleep together. Mm-hmm. Like, we slept in the same bed. Just kind of, you know, fooled around, smoochy, smoochy. Woke up in the morning. He, like, went to go buy me pastries. There was a fresh orange juice by the bed. Oh, my like, God. It Where was, is he at? Where yeah, 
well, <laughs> he's a really good friend of mine. He's engaged to be married and he's oh, okay, a, okay. a beautiful oh, partner. Right. But that was just like the most, I'll never forget that yeah. day. It was just so special. Yeah, It's like Louis so Hansen, nice. he just knew immediately oh, yeah. what day. Like you yeah. just know. Yeah, you, you just know. know. It sticks in your mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Look, we need to go into the shocking now it's, because okay, sure. this is disgusting. I mean, this this just was horrendous. We made a shocking discovery off your IG that people receiving a head are calling this a head job, <laughs> which is it's, it's juvenile, it's a hot mess. What's something shocking you've learned off the back of one of your polls? Okay, so let's talk about that, for example. Let's get into what the that. hell? Let's, okay, so basically I was at a, like a sort of an event. Anyway, not important. And I heard two people use the term like head job and I was like, are we still saying that? <laughs> so I went on Instagram and I was like, friends, surely we're not still saying head job. <laughs> it's not. a blow job or, mm, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I would say like give head or I got head, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, head, yeah. What I did learn though in this discovery mm. is that whilst the majority, there was like 90% of people had, you know, say blow job instead of head job. The, a lot of the reasons were actually really made me stop and think because blow job is very penis specific. Whereas mm. head and like say head job feels a bit more gender neutral okay. and it could yes. be anyone. Okay. Uh, it feels a little bit more like uh, feminist in a way mm-hmm. because, you know, you give head, we both give each other head. Yeah. Whereas technically like you can only blow a penis, right? And then there was the whole this other conversation with a few people that were like, why are we calling it a job? Like, you know, we should, this is something that we should enjoy. If you're not enjoying it, don't do it. Don't do like it. Like if it's, you know, so it was a really, I've got a really great audience because we can go from having like very kind of flippant, silly combo, mm. but then suddenly it gets really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've done polls. I did a whole poll on sex last year, which I will do something with that information, I promise everyone, where we talked about, you know, monogamy and, like, have you ever had a threesome? Like, mm. do you like it up the bum? Mm-hmm, like, how about mm-hmm. this? Let's talk about how many times a week you masturbate. Like, yada, mm. yada, yada. And people just, like, spill the tip. Like, they spill yeah. their soul and they feel really safe yeah. and that I, that's never lost on me. But I think that was really interesting last week because I was like, wow, okay, now you've totally made me look at this differently because whilst I am non-binary, I still have, like, penis privilege is what mm-hmm. I call it. Mm-hmm. And I still look at things through a very like penis lens. And I'm like, yeah. it's a blowy. Like I want to give someone a blowy and I'd never stop to think like, well, how does that actually make a woman feel? Mm, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Cause that to me, I just think of like getting finger banged, like very 16 year old. Totally. Yeah. Like, like finger banged. Yeah. Like let's. Oh, I always think him, make him give me head in the backseat of a Hummer. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that's my fucking bop. We it. briefly touch on this, but kinks in the bedroom. Do you have a favourite and are there any that kind of scare you a bit for the time being? So as in favourite for myself? For yourself. Oh, yeah. And that scare me or just in general? No, that scare, some that you've come across and you're like, oh, "Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. So I have a rule that basically I will try anything once within reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really funny because, I mean, I don't use hookup apps anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole nother episode (laughs) Uh, just because they can be incredibly toxic. But on Grindr, it's pretty common to kind of when you order sex, as I call Mm -hmm. it, you kind of exchange like what you're into and what you're not into. Mm -hmm. And back in the day when I was on those apps, I would say, you know, open to everything except for like scat and blood, which is like shit and blood. (laughs) Basically, don't shit on me and I don't want to bleed and otherwise I'm (laughs) open. To try. I mean, I I, it's fair. very I fair. fair. Yeah. Kinks I enjoy, though. I think that people really assume that I'm going to be, like, super submissive and mm-hmm. gentle because of how I present. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually, inc- like, quite dominant. Love and that. But I've really, like, grown into that. I wasn't mm-hmm. always like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I think in sort of gay world, mm-hmm. generally the way you lose your virginity is maybe how will, you're, the rest of your sex life will play out. So I lost my virginity as a bottom. Mm-hmm. So I bottomed for the first, like, probably five years of my mm-hmm. gay life mm-hmm. um, until I topped. And I was like, oh, this 
this is actually really fun and I'm actually quite good at it. So like, why not just do all of the above and more? Yes. Um, so yeah, I kind of enjoy, I do enjoy that kind of role play aspect of, which I think you can only ever really get from a, a partner mm-hmm. because you know each other's kinks yes. and you yeah. can kind of play on, you know, submissive, dominant, let's switch and swap and whatever. But then also sometimes it's really hot to just get railed by a stranger, you know? <laughs> Where you talk about, yeah, one night stand sex <laughs> is the nastiest sex. Yeah, Or like I once, I once hooked up with a man in a public toilet in my lunch break in the week of Mardi Gras and it was just like it was right near the Apple store in Sydney and he was so hot and I didn't know his name oh. in retrospect it was probably quite dangerous he was like no, no we love know. it dangerous yeah it was like knock three times okay <laughs> <come> <laughs> ways. boom very that very that very okay we've come great Bye, have a great happy Mardi Gras and I went back to my office and I and you know that was the benefit of working in Cosmo yes. I walked straight into my editor's office and I was like I just had the best sex with some guy. I don't even know his name. He was French, whatever, cute. Great. Do you want to write about it? Yeah, sure. Content. Yeah. It's content, so, yeah. content, content. Love that. Anything for the content. Anything right? for the content. Now, we're going to switch it up. We're going to get into our confession mode. Oh, I feel like I'm already. <laughs> Please, I've come to church today to, to spill my sins. Dan's Dan's like, what up. else you need, B? Oh, I'm allowed to wrap it. I've got That's two more questions. No, nah, let's yeah. fire away. I can, I can a couple be here more. All day. A couple more. This now, is gorgeous. What's something you've never told someone before? It doesn't have to be sex related. It can be yeah, anything. It can be anything. Anything. Related. Yeah, I saw this on the questions and I was like, what am I going to answer? Because, mm. I mean, there's many things <laughs> that I've never told people before. Okay, so I think, you know, and this is probably one that I don't really speak about a lot on my socials, mm-hmm. um, but I've actually spoken to my mum about it because it is about my mum. Mm-hmm. So as a child, whenever mum and dad would leave the house, I think from when I was about nine to 10, it only lasted about a year. Mm. Um, I would run to her dresser and take out this satin nighty that she had mm. and I would put it on. And I, w- and I remember feeling so guilty about that. You know, this like, I remember like crying. I would cry myself to sleep because I'd be like, you're this disgusting cross-dressing freak. Like, you're, what, you know, you're a boy, you can't do that. But like, that maybe will give you some insight to the kind of complexities mm-hmm. of, of that sort of non-binary mm. and trans journey because you you reach for these things in secret because you just want to feel the way you feel. Yeah. And I remember just like twirling around the bedroom in a silk cami thing, which now I would wear in a fucking heartbeat and yeah. not care about, yeah, yeah. you know. But um, in that moment it just felt really wrong and I, you know, I thought I was going to go to hell for that. So, <sighs> yeah, probably that. Oh my gosh! Well, wow. this question kind of basically is a great. Uh, that was a great segue. Yeah. We want to know to wrap things up. You have yeah. been just an angel, an absolute light. Such an incredible Denny, your your energy is just amazing. Uh, I'm obsessed well, with you. Also, you're so easy to talk to. And <laughs> it's actually this is this has been a really nice interview because. I love talking about sex and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I used to work at Cosmo and yeah. I don't get to do it enough. So this has been lovely. Thank uh, you. <laughs> well, Danny, what is one piece of advice if you could go back in time and give baby Denny? Mm. Yeah, I would tell baby Denny um, that basically all of the things that they got picked on as a kid at in high school, even, you know, the amount of abuse that I've experienced in relationships, all of those mm. things, mm. all of the things that people would like say, these are your sh- weaknesses are actually your strengths. Mm. Those are the things that will see you love and be loved, earn a living. Like your career will be based on those things, you know, dancing, fashion, mm. being queer, like all of those things will literally form your life. And I would also tell little Denny to back themselves more because I think for a really long time, 
up until probably like three years ago, I would say, I was an absolute doormat. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, walk all over me, like run your like, you know, truck Mm -hmm. over me and then I'll I'll wash your feet afterwards Mm -hmm. kind of thing and make you a cup of tea and kiss you goodnight. And that was a, a long struggle of self-worth and identity mm. and, 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 you know, trauma and, and being a, a victim to abuse. Mm. It's, it really fucks you up. So I would tell Denny to back themselves more because they don't deserve to be treated that way. No. Oh my yeah. gosh. And they will grow and heal. And, and, you know, I don't regret that because it's formed me to be who I am and now I have a real strong sense of self-worth. But sometimes it would have been nicer to be able to, like, get up from all the all the dickheads um, mm. that have, you know, come into my path because I probably would be, I would have had a lot less therapy bills, basically. Mm. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Gosh, I can't hear this today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tearing up. Classic, classic. Uh, time tools. and money, though, isn't it? From oh, the my trauma. gosh. <laughs> Danny. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, where can our GBs find you, Mum? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Style by Denny, D-E-N-I, all one word. And I am on TikTok, but I don't really create as much on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I just use TikTok to consume it because it's my favourite app at the Addictive. moment. Um, mm. But you can find me there as well. Style by Denny is also my handle there. And that's about it. GBs, hey. we will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> see you next Tuesday. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Yeah. Do, you, do you record every Tuesday? Yes. What a bit. Well, that was an Tuesday. outro. See you next Tuesday, sis. Bye, bitches. Love you, bitches. Love you, bitches.